Crash Course Live is presented by Smash It Demolition Derby, who host Bash for Cash, Blizzard Bash, and Capital City Carnage. Online at smashitderby.com. And Stirring Dirt Racing, host of May Mania's team show at the Golden Spike Arena in Ogden, Utah. Online at stirringdirtracing.com. Reckless Abandoned Derby Apparel and Derby Inc. Magazine. This is the Crash Course Demolition Derby Podcast, recorded live at the FigureLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Crash Course Demolition Derby Podcast. Excited to have you along for the ride here this evening. Should be a good one. We're going to be catching up with Sean Porth to talk a little bit about Blizzard Bash, which is right around the corner now. Uh, episode number 375 on deck. It's a bit of a milestone. Kind of excited that we're hitting that number. And now we're looking at 25 weeks, give or take. And we'll be uh, staring down 400, which is just um, it, amazing when you start to think about it. Um, so excited to have 375 uh, rolling off here. Talking with Sean Porth. We're going to be catching up with Steve Lanin. Steve Lanin from out there in um, uh, Casadega. He's going to be uh, on to celebrate the win in uh, the Bonestock class, the Bonestock full-size class down there at uh, Buried Alive 2 with Deadman. And then, of course, we're going to be talking to Bo Lockwood, who pulled down that 15000 to win uh, victory at Buried Alive and uh, kind of called a shot uh, last Monday. So that's that's really, really cool. The whole thing ended front to back, and, and uh, Bo's going to be able to get into it a little bit more later on. Bo's been able to drive uh, his car that he won with off the track every time uh, in, his, in his previous efforts, and this was going to be his last derby and broke the transmission on the last shot, so it was the only event that he wasn't able to drive the car back onto the trailer. So that was kind of, uh, kind of meaningful for him. We'll be able to dive into that a little bit later on. Hopefully everybody had a great Halloween. Uh, Brian is not able to join us here uh, this evening, but we anticipate he's going to be back next week when we dive into the, the full rundown of, of teams. We do the fastest five uh, with a bunch of drivers and stuff that we typically try to, try to do going into it. We'll catch up with Tim Clark again going into uh, Blizzard Bash 2.0 here next week. Um, and then later on tonight, we'll also give you a full rundown on what the schedule is going to be. Uh, that was released here this week uh, officially with that double program start time of uh, 9 o'clock and then 6 o'clock on Saturday. Again, that's all stuff that we're going to get into. So lots to get to, lots to talk about. Uh, hopefully everybody had a great weekend down there at Buried Alive. Um, big uh, big shout-out to uh, Track Shot and Alex Vasco, all the efforts that those guys put in, continuing to be awesome, uh, awesome outputs and helping to advance things. And, and I do want to take a minute and just uh, say thanks again to um, to Josh and and Tix and the the track shot crew, uh, Ben was down there. I'm not I'm not sure what lineup they had on the air when when this was happening. I wasn't home, uh, but I had a couple different people message me and say that they were complimentary of uh, they're talking about how I used to remember everything uh, about Demolition Derby and I I appreciate it. Uh, it's always nice to get that kind of stuff um, uh, recognized and and mentioned on the air. So that was that was very cool and I appreciate that uh, appreciate that greatly. Uh, we're going to dive right in now with uh, Sean Porth. Sean is waiting in the wings now. Sean is, is uh, at a point right now where he's um, looking at an almost complete car for the qualifying side of things. going to be running with Team FTS and Nate McMahon, Tim Toddy, and uh, Marshall Dorsett going to be running with Sean on Team FTS. Uh, who's, who's Sean, actually, who's the captain of the team? Is that going to be Nate? 
Um, originally it started as Nate and then it transferred to me. Uh, we had some driver changes throughout the process here in the last two years of trying to run Blizzard Bash. So, uh, I believe it is me officially now. Well, uh, carrying the torch for team FDS, bringing, uh, the team into the qualifying bracket. The, the bracket is going to be down a team last I heard barring anything unforeseen. I believe your bracket is going to run with a field of 15 versus the anticipated field of 16. And you are in a, a, a spot that is, that is a bit, a bit rare at this point, uh, looking at a car that's, that's nearly complete as you get ready to make your first trip into Topeka. Tell me a little bit about the process and, and the, de- the decision-making that goes into putting a team together uh, and, and putting a car together for the first time. It, it's not your first mod car. It's your first Blizzard Bash car, though. So tell me, uh, walk me through it a little bit. Yeah, so last time we were down at Blizzard Bash, um, we all kind of collectively decided that we might as well give it a shot. Um, originally, a lot of us were going to go to Bash for Cash um, 2020, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, that unfortunately got canceled, so we didn't really all get to run together there. So uh, on top, we decided Blizzard Bash would be a fun spot to go. Um, I've helped on a few cars down there in the past, so I figured it's uh, about as good a time as any to take our own team down. Um, we had two cars coming out of our shop, so it was quite the process. <laughs> um, one is one is done, essentially, aside from paint and a few little things. Uh, mine should be running and driving tomorrow, hopefully, and we'll have the next few days to really touch some things up and then paint next weekend, hopefully. Is, it, is there added pressure when you're trying to build a car knowing that it's going to be on full display in Topeka and the things that you did right? have the potential to make your weekend very good and the things that you might have mismeasured by a little bit have the uh, potential to make your weekend go much, much uglier. Um, and it's on full display at the biggest demolition derby in the country. Yeah. So Blizzard Bash is its own animal for sure. Uh, you have to, instead of planning on getting through tech and running the first heat, you have to plan on how is this car going to look? three days into the show going on a fourth day. So it's a, it's a little bit different mindset, but regardless of where we're building for, we always try to do everything that we can in quality and to the rules. So um, I'm not any more nervous than I would be for any other show. Um, just like I said, planning out for a week long event is a little bit harder so I, I get to know Sean originally through the, the RC world, and and I don't know that there's really anybody that I've come across on the, on the RC side of things that gave me more gray hairs than, than Sean and, and, uh, and, and the crew that used to travel with him and, and just would nitpick and end around and, and try to, try to <laughs> re- redefine words and and there's a lot of times when i was sitting up with ed brewster usually we would have kind of a an unofficial rules meeting for the coming year when we would go to motorama in harrisburg pennsylvania in february and a lot of times it would be well if we put this in the rules when we get to topeka sean's gonna do this (laughs) 
and we would try to analyze things backwards and reverse engineer it. So, so Sean's always been so well-spoken and, and very, very clearly willing to stand up for the way he believes the rules are, are dictated, but he has almost a Pete Hansen-esque way of analyzing the rules, and he never, gets, he never raises his voice, never gets animated, never really comes off of this, this even kill that he's got. But I tell you what, when you've got two years to analyze what you want to do with a car it gets a little bit dangerous when you put that in Sean's hands. And, and I'm wondering if, like, how much of this um, gamesmanship, which is it's something that you've always come across in, in our conversations, you like that cat and mouse game with the officials and the rules and stuff. How far are you willing necessarily to push things when you know that you've got no real recourse um, other than what you can fit in the trailer uh, to make uh, widespread changes if needed? Um, I love reading into rules, like you said. Um, I think everything from the RC world for the last few years that you've known me and that we've competed and you've looked at my cars, all the things, um, I think all of that translates. Um, I love reading into the rules. I love trying to beat every single rule. I won't do, or I won't try to do anything that I can't fix at the track. Um, I'm pretty much willing to do everything, but, you know, at the same time, I know when I go, if somebody is uh, ha- or has more stuff done to their car or gets it past tech or whatever, good on them because I've done everything that I've done or I could to make my car as best as possible, at least in my mind. Sure. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure other builders or people may think I did something wrong. <laughs> That's everybody. Everybody has their own opinions. Um, Blizzard Bash, especially, their tech crew is second to none. I think they're fair across the board, so getting anything past them is hard. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy to see what they say about my car, and I'm excited to see how it does. Have you ever done anything quite like this before? Uh, as far as the show or the build? In terms of the build, the amount of time, I mean, we'll, we'll, I want to dive into the, the time and the analysis here uh, of those rules and, and what you're able to apply to the car in a minute. But just the, the endeavor and the process of, of building a Blizzard Bash car, you, know, you, you were pointing out that your cradle didn't arrive until um, it was a week or so ago. So it's been a little bit before you got the car to the point where it was something that was running and moving, and now you know you can go through all those fine tuning things. But it's it's not a simple process. There's some there's some drivers out there that have cars that don't even move yet. You know they 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 might just be getting the frame done due to due to backups or whatever issues that they ran into at home. So they've got a long road ahead of them. What about for you in terms of putting this car together and a and a and a build of this scale? And is it, is it what you expected it to be? Is it more than what you expected it to be? Um, I mean, I've been a part of a few builds for other people for Blizzard mm-hmm. Bash, so I had an idea of what it would take going in. Um, building the first car this year just helped me in my car uh, as far as what to expect. And I, right. like you said, there's been it's been two years since the rules came out. We've been trying to run, so I've had that amount of time to really dig through each and every sentence in the rule set to uh, better my chances. Um, my car would have been done probably a few weeks ago at least had um, I had all my parts but uh, I don't fault anybody for that the world right. or the the market that we 
live in right now for business is hard, hard getting supplies and whatnot. So um, I'm just happy I was able to get all of my parts in a timely manner to make it uh, even feasible to build a car. Sure. I had my frame done probably, probably a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And then once I got the cradle and everything for my driveline, it all really went together quick. So for you guys putting that car together, the first car, how much did you go back and t- change and tweak and redo uh, as you worked through that car and then you started putting your car together? Because you said it sort of gave you a, a window into what you wanted to do with yours. Knowing how your mind works and, and how a team generally shares information stuff, did you end up going back to that first car that was done and, and redoing anything, or did you just uh, let that one that was done be done? Um, we went back through and just really looked over the first car, mm-hmm. uh, but we uh, pretty much did everything that we wanted to do and felt necessary uh, to the first car. So it was mainly, you know, going back and maybe springing a different idea on how to do something a little differently, but um, pretty much full confidence in both builds. Uh, Neither is uh, superior or inferior to the other. Um, The car differences also play a little part in the game too. Sure. But real hands-on experience just help things go a little bit quicker on mine. Just for ideas and the execution of things. Uh, tell me about the uh, reading in between the lines on the rules and, and what you're able to find and what you're able to uh, maybe help direct the team with. I mean, how much of that back and forth was happening and what were you able to find without, without tipping your hand too far? Um, because I know you won't. Uh, what were you able to find that you, you, you like that, that you liked that that you were able to find that you kind of kind of scratched your chin a little bit and quickly got the phone to text the team. Uh, so we have a uh, team group chat. So right. every night of progress from anybody, we're all sharing information. You know what we did, what we got accomplished, how we did things. Um, there's. New rules from last year. The the, the extended hump plates is nice. Uh, that helps us. Uh, the new uh, little tweak to the engine mounting uh, mm-hmm. ways that are legal now really really help us um, just from an idea standpoint. If you go through and read the rules, you can kind of see um, if you know what the rules were from last year, how the engine can be tied in a little bit differently, a little bit more now. Um, I mean, really from there, it wasn't anything too crazy, just how we can manipulate the cage rules to our advantage and how putting a couple bars here may help us down the road or, you know, how to set the trunks up. The trunks up are, are on caddies. We have a couple caddies on the team and in the grand scheme of things in the derby world, it is largely consider that caddies don't have great trunks. Well, I tried something a little bit differently on mine. Um, I personally haven't seen it done before on a caddy specifically. Uh, that's really, I just haven't seen it. I'm not saying I'm the first one to do it, but I'm excited to see how it does. Um, I'll post pictures of the car and whatnot come Blizzard Bash week, but until then, I'll just keep it a secret, but I'm excited to see what people say and see how it does. 
Um, the rules didn't change much from last time they had Blizzard Bash, but the few little things they added really were beneficial. I, I, just because I've lost track, how old are you now? I turned 20 in July. You'll turn, you turn 20 in July. So, I mean, young yep. guy going out there and, and, and making all this happen. You got, you got a lot of sponsors or anybody that's helping make this happen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we couldn't do a lot of what we do as near as easily as uh, what we do currently uh, because of our sponsors. Uh, Circle Z, Derby Parts, Guard, uh, Guard Speed Shop, A to Z Design, uh, 448 Designs, Jaeger Towing, WRP Derby Parts, Ski, uh, HLK, American Outlaw, GH Graphics, and NLR. I think that's our real baseline uh, sponsors, and they really do a lot for us and are very appreciative of them. They help keep our cars top-notch, and between our craftsmanship and their parts, I think we have some decent cars for sure. I, I was looking forward to seeing you run out there at uh, at Batch for Cash. Obviously, the, the, the tides changed, and it went a different direction, and now we're going to be seeing you out here inside the Stormont Vale Event Center in a couple of weeks, which, I mean, it's, uh, let's see, tomorrow Tomorrow marks the, uh, um, I think that's the first, first round of check-in day a week from tomorrow. And then heat draws are Wednesday night, which is just crazy. So we're we're like ten less than ten days away from right now from uh, finding out who's going to be pairing up with who. You're such a young guy. How did you end up getting into demolition derby? Now you know we don't get the chance to talk to uh, drivers like this um, that are at this spot. We get a lot of stock drivers that are your age. We get. We get a lot of uh, youth drivers that are that are moving up through running combats and stuff, but we don't we, we don't encounter a lot of nineteen twenty year olds that are getting ready for their their maiden run at Blizzard Bash and and are coming in with the the build experience and stuff that that you're bringing to the table. So, tell me a little bit about how you got into Derby overall. Um, so it really came from my cousin Nate McMahon, who's on the team also. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been doing it for twenty years or more. And uh, I remember as a young kid really just going to all the derbies with him, supporting and watching all the work happen in the shop. And I just remember thinking that, like, man, this is something that I find really cool. And I want to be as good as I can be at it, regardless of, you know, what that level ends up being. Um, I think if you're going to do something, you might as well do it to the best of your ability. So uh, why not run Blizzard Bash? as soon as possible <laughs> i love it it's just it's so cool I, i'm really excited to see what the what the team can do out there um i've been fortunate enough that you trust me through facebook to relay some pictures of the car i, I still have more questions about what is hiding in the the back pictures the backgrounds of the the shots and the shop but we'll, <laughs> we'll table that conversation for later i'm sure it's more than just a camera stand like you claim it is uh, but, but at this point, you know, is there is there is there team expectations on the qualifying side? I I know it's it, it's a loaded question because you don't want to sound like you're overconfident. You also don't want to come out and say, you know, golly gee, we just want to make the feature. Uh, at the same time, if you're not going out there to win, then 
then what business do you have even being out there? So I don't even know if it's a fair question, but what is the expectation, you know, at this point? Well, um, like you said, if, if you're not going out there to win, then what are you doing? Uh, obviously, um, that would be the ultimate goal. Uh, I would like to just see where we're at as a team and at, as builders. This will be a good gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, really have fun. That show is so hard. Because uh, if you get a rough draw the first night, you'll have a really tough weekend. If you get, you know, a team that may not be as good, you know, you set yourself up really well. Um, even just from a car standpoint, you take one bad shot, it ruins the whole weekend for you. Sure. Um, counting on parts, you know, parts failures are a big thing. If you blow a motor up down there, the way the cars are built, it's a it's a whole day to get just a driveline out, let alone back in and mm-hmm. back to a competitive level for where it needs to be out there. Um, I, it's going to be fun regardless, so I can't say we just want to go and have fun. You know, we want to do as well as we can, whether that's, you know, make it to the feature mid-pack or, you know, qualify for nationals next year. I think everybody running the qualifying side is – uh, end goal getting to the national bracket. Right. Um, so, I mean, generally, I think we have the same goal as everybody else as far as wanting to at least make it to the national side, but really just gauge ourselves as builders and as a team and see what we can do. I believe it's, I don't believe it's changed. I think it's the last two running in the qualifying feature move into the national bracket and the first two out of the so to say, C-Mains, the, 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 the second round on the loser side, the first team out of each of those um, running in the pool play format would be would be eliminated from the national side. So certainly it would be a feather in the cap to, to get to that point. But I think also one of the takeaways that you can get from your maiden voyage at, at Blizzard Bash on the qualifying side isn't going to tell you so much about the build, isn't going to tell you so much about um, you guys in terms of what you can put together because you, you might end up getting a different car next year, at least – you you're confident enough in your skills as it is a big takeaway is going to be the preparation you know what do you have what do you need to do what are you able to adapt to and the 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 name of the game so much at blizzard bash is that adaptation and being able to come prepared so that you've got everything that you're going to need everything is available there to buy but you certainly would rather have it than have to go chase it down and be posting on facebook chasing all over the state of kansas trying to track down what you need if it's not already in the parking lot and that's another big takeaway is, is the, the, the level of preparedness between the teams that are bringing industrial welders and a, a fleet of their own skid steers and stuff like that in the pits versus teams that just they, they bring some spares and some jacks and some torches and, and, and hope for the best. That really does uh, help give you a lot of gauge in terms of where you're at in, in that national landscape, be it qualifying or national side. Right, yes, absolutely. Uh as far as our team goes, I don't know about anybody else. We plan on, you know, having torches. We have uh, a couple of welders coming out of our shop. Um, we'll have our plasma cutter down there. We'll have a, I believe the plan is to bring in a big backhoe with a uh, bucket and a thumb on it to really help with the sheet metal stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we'll have a skid loader down there. Um, you know, everybody has their own welder. Everybody has their own torch. Uh I think we're even bringing a wrecker down with us to aid in fixing cars right. uh, the best we can. Um, because, yeah, that show is 
uh, everybody can build a hard car for down there. But that show is definitely one in the pits with help and with parts. Mm-hmm. So you can't be too prepared for there. <laughs> that is a <laughs> that is an understatement. You can never be too prepared. That's that is for sure. Yep. Um, what's the what's the drivetrain combination? What do you got for engine and transmission? Uh, Gar built me a fresh, brand new, full roller uh, three thirty one small block Chevy. Um, I'm hoping. Hoping I get the letter sing down there. Uh, I have a new uh, bomber uh, super trans and ski braces. Um, brand new A to Z uh, Gen three rear end. Um, basically, all the best parts I think are on the market are in the car. So that's a that's a nice little bonus. Um, it was really tough. So. My car that I was running last year, I uh, got six runs out of it and then sold it. So I had to start completely over with a new mod setup, which right now is not easy to obtain or cheap. So <laughs> it's been a real struggle kind of getting everything into place, but I think we're there now. That's awesome. It's a, it's a far cry from a, from a rebuilt and custom broken Titan 12T, isn't it? Well, uh, I, I like I said, I I'm super proud of you. I can't wait to see you down there in Kansas, and I, I can't wait to see what the team can do. Um, the 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 car looks great. You just got to make sure you don't overthink yourself in the next couple of weeks because you're going to be sitting in a weird spot with a car done and a lot of time to kill between where you're at and when you leave. I know it. I know it. Is there? Or do we have to? Do we have to start sending in the straight jackets to keep you from fiddling with the car after you after you get it done? Uh, somebody come take the welder away from me. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, <laughs> go hide it, and uh, I think we'll be good. Awesome. Well, travel safe. What day are you getting in? You getting in Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, we'll be down Tuesday. Tuesday. Excellent. Well, travel safe. Good luck. Um, good luck to Team FTS, Nate McMahon, Tim Toddy, uh, Nate McMahon, Tim Toddy, and uh, Marshall Dorsett, along with Sean Porth. Guys, good luck down there, and we'll see you there. Yep, thank you for the invite on having me on. Uh, appreciate it. Of course, man. We'll talk soon. Yep. See you now. There it goes. Sean Porth getting ready for Blizzard Bash. Going to be running on the qualifying side with um, – Team FTS. Let's take a little look here real quick at the schedule. Give you a little bit more formal introduction to what is what you should expect out there. Inspection times, national teams are going to be going across the ramps at 8 o'clock. They have been given their individual schedules already for the 2021 Blizzard Bash. Uh, inspection qualifying teams roll through at 8 o'clock on Wednesday. Individual tech times, uh, you need to be registered and in line by your tech time. Thursday at 8 o'clock, compact and limited weld teams. Limited weld singles, 80s bone stocks, trucks follow uh, at 8 o'clock. Friday, two-man extreme, mod single, front-wheel drive hobo, and street stock weld, and everything is done after that Friday. Vendor hall hours, 8 to 10 through Tuesday and Wednesday, 8 to 5 on Thursday, 8 to 5 on Friday, and then it opens after the first session until 5 o'clock on Saturday, and then final uh, event breakdown and part pickup Sunday for an hour from 10 to 11. Showtimes, that's the important part. That's what everybody wants to know about. Showtime, 6 o'clock start on Thursday, national qualifying round one. There's going to be something like, uh, should be 
close to 16 qualifying rounds, I think, because there's going to be 16 teams, eight heats, yeah, something like 16 qualifying rounds on Thursday. Friday, 6 o'clock start time, national qualifying round two, the 80s bone stock of the street stock weld class. And on Friday, again, 6 o'clock start time. Saturday is 9 a.m., early, early start for Saturday. Compact and limited weld team round one, trucks and limited weld single also part of that program and they'll be wrapping up in time for a six o'clock start on saturday night national qualifying b features compact and limited weld b features mod and single and front wheel drive uh, hobo stock all going off saturday night and then championship sunday comes around with a two-man extreme class compact and limited weld a features and the national qualifying a features as well pit pass holders can get in the arena two hours ahead of the event and then uh, general admission holder uh, ticket holders get in one hour before start time so there we are. That's the rundown on everything. You jump online, follow along for all the events at Blizzard Bash 2.0, Stormont Vale Event Center in Topeka, Kansas, online Blizzard Bash, blizzardbash.com. Uh, Smash Demolition Derbies, would like to remind everybody Blizzard Bash is going to air live on derbynation.tv. Jump online. You can find out information there. Smash it certainly extends all of its many thanks to the fans, partners, officials, and drivers who helped make 2021 a successful season. Be sure to check out the revised webpage, the Bash for Cash event rule updates, and the on-demand streams of past Bash for Cash events as well on the new Smash It Derby website, online smashitderby.com. The Jeffy's Fab Farm crew was in action. Jeffy got a chance to run, got the Nosed Out Award. Jeffy's Fab Farm recognizes an industry leader in all manner of purpose-built demolition derby parts starting with rear ends in 06. Jeffy's Fab Farm expanded to headers in 08, and the shop can boast a combined 70-plus years of mechanical skill. Jeffy's Fab Farm specializes in LS conversions and conversion components with consistent feature wins across North America. Your turnkey solution is only a phone call away. Jeffy's Fab Farm Camry in a box campaigns also set you up for success with a retail price of $525. You need to ask about the multi-fit shifter options. You also can find fuel and air parts, suspension and transmission items, steering components, pedal switches, and gauges if you need it. It's on the farm, jeffysfabfarm.com. We'll be diving into a couple more of the uh, big reveal spots here with the Unified Point Series update and uh, Smith Metalworks here in just a moment. What we do need to do in the interim is we get, get got to get a hold of Steve Lanen. See what Steve is up to. There was some concern that he might still be stuck down in Maryland. So I don't know if we've got him back yet or not. Hopefully everybody's doing well over there in the chat. I know I haven't been able to talk with you guys as much as I usually like to, but we're trying to hold down the fort on everything here. Hey, Steve. There we go. Going all right. Let me plug you in here real quick. And there's there's Steve Landon. Steve, man, how are you? How you doing? We're doing all right. Congratulations, are in order, man. Well done. Thank you. It I didn't think you were even going to go. Needed. The 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 rusty Lincoln. It wasn't going to be happening. Just going to focus on the kids and and now look. Yeah, it's. Uh... Kind of weird because we actually a couple of days before, you know, lost interest in even going. No interest. I hated that car. It's rusty or didn't run good. You know, we're like, yeah, let's not go. Let's not go. We could only go down for Sunday, anyways. You know, so we decided let's go. And uh, you know, we showed up with three tires on the trailer. And I'm like, you know what? We're just junking the car. We're gutting it. We're leaving it here at the track. And then uh, <laughs> next thing I know, all of a sudden, I'm watching cars drop and. You know, we're down to one and two, and I'm just like, this really happened right now with this thing. No way. 
McKenzie, McKenzie had a good run. Kids had a little bit of success too. She picked up a win in in her heat, right? Yeah, a couple weeks ago she ran. Uh, they had a uh, both McKenzie and Taylor got to run together first time, and uh, yeah, she picked up a heat win. And she had a derby before that. She picked up third. So the kids have been uh, keeping me busy. So she's got some momentum on her side. And uh, were you thinking about? putting together like a youth car or running shotgun or anything like that with her instead of building your own car for for this or was it just a a whim and was focused on on your car if it even got done to go uh no it was just me because they're still not of age to run down there oh okay and uh, i mean they just turned 11 so you know I they're still they're, they're 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 a little green for that maryland track yeah <laughs> let's not rush it anyway it's still it's still a little bit tough to digest that they're 11 i thought they were a little bit older than that but still so no they just turned 11 beginning of the month i got gotcha. you so, so yeah they're 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 you know they're in in head first at a really young age so steve i don't want to pick on you and but you're not a guy that's been able to find victory lane a lot. You're usually bit by the by the bad luck bug, and and things just don't ever fall your way. Were you sitting in the car thinking what's going to go wrong this time and and rob this from you? Because when I when I saw Al's post that you got the win down there, I was so excited. I was very very happy for you, man. It was awesome. It's a uh, it's been a long time since the wagon got parked up on the blocks at Dunkirk. <laughs> and this was this was so so overdue. What was going through your mind? Um, like I said, I, I had no intentions of ever coming close to doing anything competing down there with that car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a car. There was no rocker panels. Quarter panels are gone. It didn't run good. I'm like, this is not something you take to a show like that. I said, you know, we're going to get eaten alive. And, uh, you know, and I'm looking at some of the cars out there, you know, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to fare too well, you know. But like I said, when we showed up, the trailer had broke down. We didn't know what we were going to do to get home. And I said, you know, I'm not even taking the car home. Told Mark Smearman, I said, you guys are going to have a dumpster to put stuff in after because I'm pulling my tires, my tank, my battery. I have no money invested in this car, and we're leaving it. And, uh, you know, like you said, we're out there on the track, and after a couple minutes, I'm like, got remember you're not taking this car home let's stand on it don't doesn't matter if you get a reaper or not let's just stand on it we're not leaving anything for anyone else to run this is pure gonna be a scrap dumpster when we're done with it and uh you know like i said all of a sudden you know cars are dropping and it's down to me and the, the second place guy and you know and he'd shut down and you know and he'd fire back up and he'd come at me running good and i can tell i'm starting to get hot and i think probably five more minutes i would have been done so so how did how did that ending sequence play out there? I mean, did did you end up when you started seeing the cars falling off, did you end up thinking, boy, maybe I maybe I ought to lift off this strut a little bit. Maybe I should slow it down some. Yeah, well when he first when when uh, the other guy first started shutting down, you know, I heard him shut down and he you know, he's smoking pretty good and I just started trying to lay wheel shots on him and he'd fire back up and when he'd fire up, he's coming at me with everything he's got. And after a few minutes, I can tell uh, you know, I'm not getting around the track as good as he is. I'm starting to lose a little power. I'm starting to smoke and I'm like, yeah, it's a matter of time. He, he keeps firing up. He's going to end up with the win on me. And I kind of sat there in the car after a few minutes because I kept picking on his right front tire and I wasn't breaking nothing. And I'm like, I'm at peace of second place with this pile of crap. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he ended up, uh, ended up down and ended up with a stick broken and 
I'm kind of looking around, and I'm kind of, you know, I picked Al out on the, on the back side of the track right away and just kind of look at him. I'm like, is this really happening? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, especially going out of town, you know, if it involves a hotel room, I've not had any luck going out of town running. Right. Uh, yeah. I. So, you I know, know. It, it was nice to go out of town and pick up a win as opposed to doing good locally. So uh, last night I, I took a little bit and just kind of went back through, and I was thinking about your runs and everything, and I went back to uh, Metal Destruction back in 2010, and I found the picture of uh, of your green car. Uh, oh, yeah. Where the front wheels were sitting, the front wheels were up off the ground, you're just kind of looking out the window. That was that was my first experience with you, not even knowing that it was you at that point. It was It was through... Uh, through Wee Crash, that you ended up reaching out and asking about uh, if if we'd come out and film, and that's how pieced together that that was you and your car, and just the just the travels and and the um, the Green Crown Vic that you got a bunch of runs out of and the stock shows back at home. It was just it was just awesome that you were able to go down there to a a, a giant show like like Dead Man and pull down the win, um, whether you intended to or not. You know, a win is a win, whether you intend to bag your way into it or you stumble into it. So it's it's just it's just really cool. Yeah, it was it was definitely a good feeling, and you know, for you know the bad luck we were having the rest of the weekend, it was uh, you know really good, felt good, much needed. Two thousand to win, so all that money went right into the trailer, right? It's going to actually. The trailer <laughs> and the car are still in Maryland. We had to leave it. Oh really? Oh no, <laughs> so the trailer we're too. Going back next weekend with a new set of axles to get the trailer and car home. Well, well at least you know the after, way to uh, I suppose, right? After after winning and driving the car off the track, you know the kids and the wife and everyone's like, "You got to take this home. It's got another run on it. We got to take it home." I'm like, "All right, fine." I'm like, yeah, we'll freewheel at home real nice and slow, and we made it a few miles from the track to the hotel and blew another wheel bearing on it and uh, couldn't find parks this morning. So I said, you know what? We're leaving it. We'll come back for it. Uh, hopefully, so, you found yeah. some, have, hopefully you found someplace secure to leave it. Yeah, it's actually uh, parked at the hotel. They had a spot for me where we could leave it. And... Well, that's uh... – ever crossed your mind to just strapping the car to the trailer and leaving all of it right there and let somebody buy the whole thing? <laughs> I actually think I actually think that was my wife's idea. <laughs> uh, you got you got anything planned for next year yet? I mean, it seems like um, seems like maybe I think it was April time frame. April or March is when um, TJ's got his next show coming up. Is that uh, something that you're going to pencil into the schedule? Uh, not to run. We're not going to be able to make the April show. No. Probably the earliest thing we're looking at is uh, we'll have a youth car back at Batch for Cash. How are things going out at uh, at Dunkirk in terms of the shows out there? Uh, good. We had the, the Lake Erie Rumble charity show. That was a two-day mm-hmm. show. We were able I to get that back going. Uh, hopefully this summer the county fair will let us you know, run again. Yeah, because it's been – that county fair has missed two years, right? Yeah. They actually – they pulled the plug on us early because all the county fairs around us ran their shows. Yeah. Well, hopefully that can get back up on his feet. That's that's undergone some changes too, right? Everything is, has gone back to truly being more stock than, than some of the behemoths that we saw in the past. Uh, a little bit. A oh. little bit. Some of the some of the builds have been scaled down. It's it's all one and done now. So yeah. there's you have you know wire classes for big cars, small cars, uh, the you know, pro stock. You know, so you can you know the guys with the imps and stuff can build a little more with those. 
so you got a little bit of a variety to run there. Awesome. Well, I hope they get back up and going. It's uh, it's been a little bit more of a challenge to get out there for the um, for the fair stuff, only because with work in summer school the last several years, um, it's been a challenge. But you know that's that's almost been a wash because of the way that the last two years have been taken off the schedule altogether. Um, right. But I. Uh, I do miss it out there. It's always a ton of fun. Um, I've left a lot of – I feel I feel like we've got a little bit of a, a, a mutual understanding here. I've left a lot of junk equipment in Dunkirk uh, on the heels of microbursts and tornadoes and thunderstorms and stuff, so I can, uh, I can, I can relate a little bit to your, your trailer endeavors. Yeah, yeah, I can see where, uh, you know, in the back of your mind, you showing up to Dunkirk with anything expensive that uh, – Things ain't gonna go good. It's just gonna. It's just gonna <laughs> stay there. It's just gonna. It's just gonna stay yeah. there. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, I, I just I appreciate you coming on and, and making some time for us. How's everybody else out there? Uh good. Everyone's good. Excellent. We're staying busy and kind of winding down our season and starting to uh, put pieces together for next year. Have you? Um, have you put any thought into what you're going to do with this car when you get it back home? You know, given that it, given that it does have another run in it, how how long was your heat anyway? I mean, it, it would seem like the bone stock, a, a car like that, you can you're going to need to do some work to it. Yeah, it it, uh, it actually held up for being rusty. It held up pretty good. I mean, the back end folded up. You know, the nose is coming up some, so we can pull it down a couple fix the plates, and we'll find somewhere to send it. <laughs> awesome. Well. Uh, travel safe getting back down there hopefully once you get the trailer back home you can sit back and let this thing sink in a little bit uh the win it was uh great news to see come across the news feed and congratulations on it thanks again all right man we'll catch up with you later thanks steve all right talk to you later see you steve landon picked up a win in one of the bone stock divisions out there at uh buried alive excited to get that news that was a very very cool uh, we do not, at this point, have an updated uh, points schedule for you, but officially Stephen Sickles was recognized as the um, 2021 527 Unified Point Series. Nobody could catch him with only four events left. I guess it's kind of been clinched for a little while, actually. But uh, formally, at this point, nobody could catch up to him uh, on the going into uh, Bear to Live 2. So he was recognized as the champion. Mark Elliott went down there and gave him the, the door wraps, the roof sign, and uh, now he's got going to have to get fitted for the ring. Steven Sickles uh, going to be your champion, 166 points. Mason Stacy in the battle for a second, though. There's still three events left. Buchanan Edwards has the winter destruction in Proctorville, Ohio, coming up on the 6th. And then uh, November 27th and 28th is Coke Promotions Turkey Derby. And then the Young and Reckless Winter War Zone in White Pine is going to be December the 4th. Stephen Sickles again out in front. Mason Stacy second with 106. Terry Abadi with 90 in third place. That's the youth driver, Terry Abadi. Fourth place, Dan Ruiz with 74. And then Ricky Duggins and Jordan Rutherford tied with 66 points each going into uh, Buried Alive. And rounding things out, Smith Metalworks. Smith Metalworks was a big part of uh, the efforts that 
Bo Lockwood had. We're going to be catching up with Bo here in just a few minutes. All-purpose fabrication shop that has taken the Northeast by storm. Smith Metalworks features more than 40 years of combined metalworking experience. The hallmark of the product line is the pointed and flat front bumpers replicating popular factory releases. They've also got that super stock bumper. They can be stuffed or run hollow. There's a compact version of the pointed bumper, cut it off to make it fit, whatever you need to do. Other items include Crown Vic door skins, battery boxes, engine mounting systems, pedals, combos, and shifters. The shop offers all the odds and ends, such as distributed clamps and welded centers. Be sure to ask about the GM floor liners, in-person locations for pickup in Mercer, Uniontown, Bethlehem, online, smithmetalworks.info. So we're going to be catching up with Bo here next. See if we can get Bo. Trying to anyway. Hey Bo, let me put you in. Well, here he is, Bo Lockwood. This uh what a weekend it's been. Bo, how are you? <laughs> yeah, to say the <laughs> least. Holy cow. That's uh it's definitely been an interesting one. I uh I can promise you I've never been so sore in all my life. That, uh, <laughs> Dead Man Derby is no joke. It's, uh, you know, with with the weather the way it was, I think I said last week that I was I was kind of excited. It was supposed to rain all week long or all weekend, and the track was going to be a greasy mess. But the only thing that wasn't a greasy mess down there was the track itself. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, that definitely did not play into my favor, that's if for sure. If you're looking to open up a, a, a clay oval track, whoever's doing track maintenance down there is the person you want to hire because you could run in a rainstorm without a problem. Oh, my God. I just don't understand it. It, it, it defies all logic down there, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, weather notwithstanding, last Monday um, you kind of called your shot. You said, this is what I'm going to do, and regardless of what was happening behind you or around you, ahead of you, whatever, uh, you stuck to the strip script, stuck to the game plan, and played it out, and you brought home $15,000 in what appears to be your last run uh, for the foreseeable future as a Demolition Derby driver. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. I mean... You know, no matter no matter what show you're you're in, whether it's at the county fair level or, or even big shows like this, you just have to you have to make sure you stay cool, cool headed, level headed, and and you know just be able to not really anger yourself when somebody lines you up and takes a, a nasty shot on you. And uh, it just it, it was so hard to stick to that program down there this weekend. It was there's just so much going on, and 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 the hits were just insane. I, Pulling in, I had I was told that there was a lot of Cadillacs coming, but I had no idea how many were actually going to show up there. Right. And, you know, being one of only three wagons pulling into the tech barn and, and just seeing a caddy after caddy after caddy <laughs> driving by you, it, it, there's not a human being on this earth that can stay calm noticing that. So uh, all weekend long, we just kind of knew that, you know, we were going to have a target on our back, and I just... I prepared for it. I just prepared to be beat as hard as I could, and, and hopefully that that wagon would take it. And, and sure enough, the uh, Lee Springs prevailed. Did you get the Did you get the back end to come together the way that you wanted to? You know, we, everybody got all excited about the pillar parking. 
on the wagons and getting to use that term, but it's it's collateral damage if you get too deep on that. You get the roof to start to sink, and it starts exposing those cowboy stickers in the back where you get to wrap everything up around those leaf packs. Well, you know, the biggest thing about that that whole deal is absolutely the heat race was, was a – it was nasty. I mean, I had uh, had a couple guys that were were tearing me up really bad, and I even ended up bending the uh, passenger rail on that wagon. And uh, my crew, I mean, those guys, they I, Chris Furser, he he was underneath my car before I even had it shut off in the heat race, and uh, he he was yeah he was underneath the car looking with a flashlight, and, and he he yeah we didn't talk for a little bit. He gave me about ten minutes just to cool down and. He looked over the car and he came up out of it and looked right at me and and he said, uh, "Well, it's up to you." He said, "You want to win tomorrow or or what?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I, I would I would like that." He said, "All right, well, let's get to work." So from that point on, I mean, we we got a game plan and and our crew we just got together and and those guys they never quit working on that car all day long. We started at eight in the morning and. I couldn't even tell you what time <clears throat> what time we pulled into tech, but uh, that entire time they they used that unlimited nine wire roll to their advantage, mm-hmm. and it unbelievable. I mean, we the guys were making they were joking, you know that we we had the uh, we had the the primary nine wire, we had the backup nine wire, and then we had the backup to the backup nine wire, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it all just uh, it, it really helped. It, it helped to hold that everything in place and, and keep it intact and it, it was just uh it was it's just an unbelievable unbelievable weekend that's for sure you keep saying that it's unbelievable as has it actually sunk in yet uh it hit me this morning in my office yeah. uh, I, I i got to work uh, this morning and it was the first real time that i've been alone and just it, i just sat down and it, it just hit me like a freight train. I, I, I cried a little bit in the office this morning. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, for so many different emotions. I mean, I, I've had so many people that, that, I mean, without them, this, this never would have been an, an even, this never would have been an opportunity without the group that we have and, and the sponsors I have and the family and the, the friends and everybody that helps out. And, and to know that, you know, I, just kind of knowing that, that that's, that's more than likely and, and it's, yeah, you know, that's definitely my last derby. It's just, uh, it just, it hits you all at once. It's, it's an amazing emotional roller coaster that I've, I've never experienced before. I mean, I've ran bigger shows like this, and, and I've always, you know, everybody dreams of, you know, just maybe that opportunity will come to you. And, uh, and when it actually did, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling. I, I hope every derby driver that, that ever ever dreams that dream gets to experience it because it, it is an, it is amazing. So tell me about this, uh, how fate has, has kind of twisted your, your final chapter here and you're not able to drive the car off. <laughs> what happened there? Well, it, it's funny, you know, we, uh, especially with, with my crew guys, you know, a lot of us, I always, uh, I just make fun of everybody, you know, I, Everybody says about how, you know, we're going to go tear these cars up and this and that, every derby we go to. And, and just by just by whatever, stroke of luck or whatever, I've always been able to, to drive my car off the track. I, I, you know, since I came back a few years ago, I've, I can't remember a derby that I've never physically been able to not jump in my car and drive it off the track. Mm-hmm. 
even at County Fair this year, I had lost reverse and uh, still had drive. So with a little assistance, they were able to push me in the right direction, and then I could take off from there. And and uh, this one, this one here, I mean, there was I. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was a it was a fifteen thousand dollar transmission because the second that I drove her down into that pile, it uh, it nosed up just enough and, and bent in a different spot that I'm not used to GM's bending and. And it, it ripped the bell housing right in half. And, you know, it's it's not a way I want to win. I mean, it's it definitely, after after watching the video and, and all of it, it definitely looks like a pin-to-win type of uh, scenario there. But I can assure everybody, if, if, uh, if I had a little bit more in me, I would have gave it to it. But uh, we're, uh, we definitely weren't able to drive that one off the track. So wherever wherever I sat, that was... Well, that was it. That was the final final time I'll drive that car, that's for sure. You're a reflective guy, you're a real cerebral guy. Is there any any momentum out of the car? Do you keep the do you keep the piece of the broken bell housing or anything like that as as a token of it? <laughs> I feel like I need to like hang it up so that way everybody sees it and believes it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, I, we uh we, we have a restaurant and there's uh my name plate, we're gonna or my number plate, we Andrea already has a place for that to be hanging up, and uh, and no, I think uh, I think this car is best left just to disassemble, and and because there is nothing left of it, there isn't. Right. Typically, I can pull something out of it, but you know, my leaf plaques are destroyed, uh, <laughs> my front end, like everything. I mean, I bent a arm forward, I bent behind the a arms, and I even bent over by the uh, by the the cross member. So it's wow. it, I, it is absolutely wrecked this wagon. <laughs> Chris Furster is a heck of a magician when he's got to put stuff together, isn't he? He, um, I don't, I don't, we don't believe this, this man sleeps. Right. I mean, we, we, <laughs> he, he gets an idea in his head and I think that this guy just keeps going with it and thinks about it and it festers in him and eventually he just can't handle it anymore and he just goes after it. He is, uh, you know, he was definitely an artist for us this weekend and, and, uh, a, a driving factor that helped put that car back together. I mean, it, it obviously takes a crew, and I had a crew there. They they work so hard. There's so many of them, and I and I I I, I, I hold back on naming everybody because in fear that I would miss somebody. Sure. Because there were so many people that that just stepped in, and and whether it was just I mean even simple runs to go get propane for the heaters to keep everybody warm because it was a cold weekend, and mm-hmm. you know generator gas and just right down to just those smallest things that helped us out and you know, right to the guys that were twisting the wire. And if you just saw our crew at the end of it, I mean, there wasn't, we were so dirty and so beat up and it was, is not the way you want to spend your weekend. But at the same time, it, it, it was definitely necessary to, to, <laughs> to utilize, to go after all those guys. Does champagne taste better on top of a super late model or on top of a bent up round back? That's funny. That uh, I that was a year old champagne bottle. We had uh, we had bought that thing a year ago when we were going to Dead Man, uh, just in hopes that we'd get to use it. You know, right. I, it's something that I knew. You know, the chances of winning one of these derbies are not always the highest. So you know that you're, you you carry it with you and you keep it in your trailer. And and the rule was, if we won a five thousand dollar or greater show, well, that's when we got to bust it open. And uh, it was between Ryan Shuffstall and I. If he won first, that was his bottle. And uh, to be honest with you, if we were at a show that uh, Kiss Cadden was at and he won, well, that was, the bottle was going to him too. Mm-hmm. And 
it was it just happened that that, that it was there and and I, I've always wanted to do that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I've always wanted to to soak absolutely every single person that was surrounding my car at the time, and and I got to do it. And man, I'll tell you what, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> I was thinking about super late models and, and dirt modified racing and not necessarily the professionals, uh, like that, that ended up breaking into NASCAR, but people that do really, really well on the, it, the regional circuit. When you look at somebody like Matt Shepard, um, with his dirt modified program or, or Tim McCready for a long time, or Alan Johnson, there's, there's, there's modified drivers all over the place that do this. There's, there's regional, uh, late model drivers that do this. And, they're able to make a living running around and chasing chasing features. And it used to be that there wasn't a lot of 10,000 to win features, so you had to do a lot of racing in order to make make your career doing that. Now there's there's more 7,500, more 10,000 to win shows, so it's, it makes it easier, but you still have to win a bulk of the times that you're out there. You put that cost of racing uh, versus the return on it and being able to do that and the viability of sponsors on a super late model, and you put that side by side, with demolition derby cars, you're not able to run the same car over and over again, and your likelihood, like you addressed there earlier, of winning every time isn't necessarily out there either. But are we getting closer to a point where these two sports, uh, on a regional level, or even you know even more grand with a with a national level, with the number of ten thousand to win shows and the number of of high paying purses, are we getting closer to seeing a professional derby driver starting to appear on the landscape? You know, wouldn't that be the dream for somebody to be able to, to pull something like that off? Um, <clears throat> I know on the super late model end of things, you know, it, it still is really driven by sponsorship. Yeah. You know, obviously there's some big 100,000 to win shows and, and stuff like that. And you win one of them, yeah, that's going to keep you going. But, uh, you know, sponsorship is still such a, a large part of, of any program, especially a successful program. And I would think, I mean, the yeah, it's great that, in the United States, especially the East Coast this year, you could pretty much hit five or six derbies that all paid ten thousand plus to win. Mm-hmm. And if a guy got lucky enough to win that, I mean, he he at least wouldn't have to put uh, pull any money out of his pocket to <laughs> to continue right. the trend. Yeah, but uh, I, I think just you know, at least in my case, wagons aren't cheap. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, you, you take the the cost of a wagon out of it, and then you take the the building material cost, which you know all of us know how expensive that has become. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just not feasible. I mean, you know, what we won this weekend was was a, a great a, a, a great amount of money, and we're so thankful for it. And I can promise you, as any other derby driver can promise you. It, we definitely didn't make money on the weekend, that's right. for sure. But, <laughs> you know, but we definitely had fun, and that's that's what we were out there for. Well, you went out the way that you wanted to go out. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody wants to complain about complain about anything, I mean that they knew what was going to happen. If if they tuned into the show, they knew what was going to happen. They had their opportunities, and you guys came prepared. We were talking to Sean earlier in the show, and there's so much to be said about preparation. And, and preparation for the curveballs in the pits the day of the show. There's, there's, there's the, the, that, that twofold part. You can win it in the garage, but your ability to adapt is, is another big part of it, too. Well, and that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, it, it, starts, it starts in the garage, and it definitely starts in the garage, and it starts with the, the people you surround yourself with, you know, with you know, our drivetrain. I mean, when you don't have to think of a, when you don't have to think 
about your your engine program, your transmission program, whatever. It, it definitely takes a whole new. It takes you to a new level. I mean, with with Redline and, and Brent Johnson, like I don't. I've never thought of my engine other than it's just there. It always works for me. It never slows down. It never. <laughs> it, it never anything. You know. I mean, right. you can. If you watch that video, I lost my radiator cap almost immediately. I don't know how, or I got hit in a weird way, that, and I always clear my hood so that way it doesn't hit. But it just it hit, and it knocked that cap off. It, I mean, it was right off the bat in that feature. And I ran that entire feature without water. And my motor, it just it never even slowed down. It never stalled. It never anything. The only time it shut off, I got hit. It was that, I'm not sure of the number, but it started with a J. He was in a Cadillac. He hit me so hard that my elbow came and ripped my uh, fuel pump wires apart. And, you know, it's the only, and then obviously as soon as you lose fuel pressure, you're, you know, your, your motor's going to die. Um, when I noticed what happened, I reached down and hooked everything back up, and I hit the starter, and it was, it fired right back up. And that was later on in the run. Right. And, uh, you know, it's stuff like that, you know, where, where your parts... <laughs> They mean everything, you know, like SMW provided me with all those parts that just take the failure, the, the things that typically fail, they, they, they just take that away from you. And when, when you have those things and when you have those components, that already puts you so much further ahead in this game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then luck is, is everything. Once you get to the track, the luck and, and just, I mean, I, <laughs> we're, just, we're just very lucky this weekend because... I can promise you, it, it, everybody that's, uh, that I'm surrounded with, with did their part. I, however, did not when I built that car. I uh, I was very, I was underbuilt going into that show, and and I was honestly, I was a little embarrassed at, at, at some of the things that a I didn't have the time to do, and b it, honestly, it, it's starting to get to the point where it's a little bit beyond me. And uh, I knew, and and maybe it was a, a good thing. It just it told me that I really had to be smart and I really had to take my time and, and make sure my shots were planned right and uh, make sure I, the, the guys didn't get as many full track runs or half track runs on me as, as they could get. So, it uh, you know, it's just all a, a preparation thing. And, and like I said, it's, it's about who you surround yourself with because it's if you don't have a good team, if you don't have a, a good uh, baseline, you might as well forget it, at least at a, at a higher level competition. The J12, I think that was Josh Orndorf. Yes, that's him. That's him. Yeah. I, uh, any, I had, I had trouble with him in the heat race too. He was just, he was just one of those guys that were, you know, I didn't know him. I, I found out later on Saturday that I knew his dad, and yeah. uh, it was, and I got to meet him a little bit or meet his son a little bit and, and talk to him, and you know, it just shows you the, the competitors that they are. They're like, they, that boy can drive. I don't know how long he's been he's been running, but. I mean, I'm pretty good at running away from people, and I could not get away from him. You know, no matter, no matter where I went or what I did, it seemed like he was always knocking a, knocking a pillar deeper and deeper into me. Um, you know, I'm sure if he's listening, he'll be proud to hear that. But uh, at the same time, he, he figured out later on in the night that you just can't keep doing that because eventually it bites you, bites you in the end. Josh comes from a, a very, very uh, dense part of – Virginia, where there's just so many good der- derby drivers, you can't help but end up being good if you're going to be successful. I mean, he's from he's from that Woodstock area where where Mark Wolf is from, and and all yeah. the Shipes and uh, Sean Gokenauer is from down there, and 
all the patents are from down there too. And and Bill has tons and tons of wins at the at the Shenandoah County Fairgrounds. Josh has a couple of wins at uh, I think it was the cast. I think he's got a couple of casts in the Valley wins. And he's a, he's an excellent builder. You know, the, the apple didn't fall from from the tree on that one. And I saw he, he was a little dejected finishing. I think he ended up seventh overall by the time everything was said and done. But everybody knew that he was there. I mean, he, he puts LS Nation on his cars quite a bit. Uh, he's been to Bash for Cash. We had a – I mean, I, it, was, it was very hard to keep up with everything that was going on down there because there were so many cars from New York that went down there. Frank Van Houten made the trip down. The Sciopas had some gnarly Imperials down there. A bunch of the cars that we saw over at the Iron City Nationals had come back up to, to run in the Imperial class. Uh, Devin mm-hmm. Germain was down there. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to go through the list uh, like you because I don't want to forget somebody in, inadvertently and, and hurt feelings because it's not, it's not a case where anybody's being intentionally ignored or overlooked. It's just it was so many people that, that we knew would hope to would, would do well down there, and, and, and a lot of them did. It, it's, it's, it's almost tough when you get to the feature. You get down to those last eight, ten places. It's like, well, I got – I got nine and a half people that I want to win this thing. Who do you pull for? <laughs> You're going to end up being yeah. disappointed for more friends than you're happy for one. Yeah, and that's and it's exactly it too. You know, and it's especially hard is, is when uh, you got you know I I come from that same type of area where uh, we had a lot of guys in those pits that were you know we're proud Pennsylvania drivers and especially the the area that we're from we're very proud of that and you know there was a lot of the guys that I grew up running with on that track. And, and that, uh, that in itself played a huge role into, you know, my success and a lot of the other guys that were with us, their success as well. I mean, you know, it may not be a team event and we definitely didn't run it like a team event, but numbers also do play a big role in, in (laughs) any success that you have. And, uh, it's, it's just crazy. It is, is really crazy. You know, it's, (laughs) It's still it's still an unbelievable weekend that I'm I'm really struggling to have to find words for. Well, I think you said it best when you said your 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 team was pretty blessed through the weekend. I mean, it was I think that was pretty well pretty well summed it up. Well, there, there's no other words for it really. I mean, I've I've been blessed in in my career of of doing this, and, and I've I've won. Uh, more than my share of derbies and i know when you have the car to win it, it definitely feels like you deserve that one and and you know you everything worked out well for you but i can promise you in the last couple of minutes of that feature everything inside that car was going wrong and uh <laughs> there was there was some some issues that, that were uh, starting to fade away and and some things that i knew that my time was really limited and uh, we were on that, that last red flag, and and I'm just looking at the two cars that are running. And, you know, one is, I mean, he's one of my best friends. He's I've, I've been running with him since we were kids. And, you know, I, I, I had an idea. I had an idea what, what I was going after on that uh, as soon as the green went, went, you know, started again. And I definitely did not follow that uh, that procedure that I had in place. But instead, you know, I... Kenny, he just he took that. I, I'm, I apologize. I don't know who ended up third there, but uh, you know, Kenny just took that dude down into that foxhole, and and I knew that this was it for me. If I, if I was going to win this Derby, it was either going to be right now or I was going to be third because those two boys had a lot left, and and uh, I just wasn't there. So I, I, which I never do. I just threw her in drive and put it to the floor and said, "This is 
let's just see what happens here. <laughs> and uh, and it did. It just it jammed them all down in there and. Unbelievable! I've never broke a bell housing in my entire life in demolition derby, and I used to brag about it. I used to tell everybody about how they must be doing something wrong because they're breaking bells in these stock derbies, and and here I am with uh, with one that's just completely smoked in half. But I mean, uh, I guess I can't complain too much. I'll I'll take that. I'll take that over anything at this point. Was that a, a four hundred or was it a, a turbo three fifty? Uh, definitely a turbo 400. I, yeah. I would have success with those. And, uh, and, you know, Bill Hurlbrink built this one and he did an amazing job and he, the transmission, he, it's, I mean, it makes your drivetrain too. Mm-hmm. When you can put the, put the whole package together, it, it, it really is. And I mean, that broke no fault of his. I mean, that, the way that was wedged in there, it, it's embarrassing on my end, but at the same time, it's, uh, it was going to break no matter what. So it's, like I said, I'm happy it broke because if it didn't, I, I I wouldn't be talking to you tonight. You'd be talking to somebody else. But uh, just the fact that that happened and and honestly, Kenny just stuffing that other car down in there and, and basically sacrificing a win on his end, so I could so I could have it on my way out is is just unbelievable. I, I I'm so thankful to every part of that situation that worked and and uh, you know Kenny he he really busted his butt and. I, I'm open. I'll openly admit that he outsmarts me in every way in building and and with his cars and rule, you know, interpretation and, and his big ones coming. And it it, it it may have been it may have should have been this weekend, but uh, you know maybe he just has one more year to think about it, and then hopefully it comes for him too. But uh, just it's just crazy. What a crazy weekend! Somebody was asking what the what the red line package was. Was that the three fifty five? Yeah, you know, a lot of people, they think I got some crazy voodoo going on under the hood since, you know, Brent and I are so close, and he's he's been a huge sponsor of mine. And, and uh, you know, anytime you call Brent, yeah, he'll tell you straight up, you don't need the power. You don't need that big power. You don't need, you know, the big cubic inches. And, and he, of course, it's nice to have. I mean, there's nothing nothing more amazing than this, this screaming motor out there that just <laughs> impresses everybody in the grandstands. And you know, a lot of times that will win. But for me, I mean, I mean, let's face it. I, I popped that radiator cap immediately, and that thing ran all feature long. I don't know how long that feature was, but it ran that entire time without water. Never got warm. I'm sure it got over its normal running temperature. I mean, let's face it. It didn't have any coolant in it, but uh, <laughs> it ran beautifully the entire time. And it, it is. It's just a, a small, a small block uh, Chevy 355. Nothing crazy. It's just got a real set of heads on it and uh, all the candy inside it to do uh, to do exactly what it needed to do. So, you know, I never got crazy with things. I never truly needed tons of power, but I just needed the longevity in my, my setup. And and you just you just make sure that everything's bulletproof from the, the radiator all the way back to the rear end pan. And as long as you've got that, you're already way ahead of the game. It was 47 minutes, so you're, you're on pace to make more than $15,000 an hour at that. That's not bad. Yep. <laughs> not bad at all. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take that any day. <laughs> awesome. Well, man, congratulations. Um, keep in touch, if nothing else. And uh, we, we certainly do wish you the best. I know a ton of people helped make it possible for you. Um, Swift Metal Works, um, the whole crew over there in the pits, Chris Furster with his, with his magic underneath the car. Um, I, I know you, you were hesitant to name names. Everybody, uh, front to back. 
I assume that those are the thank yous, unless there's anybody else that you wanted to name more specifically. Yeah, I mean, you got the you got the the ones that, that have stuck with me throughout. You know, Andrea, that she just she has to deal with all my all my my bad nights, my good nights, <laughs> and my triumphs and my failures. You know, she it's been a very fun weekend for us. And I mean, she uh, she's just been beside me this whole time and stuck it out and made sure that. You know, if anything, she took care of me, you know. She kept me moving, kept me forward, and, you know, when I was down, she picked me up, and, and when it's great, she was right there with me, beside me to enjoy it. So, you know, without that rock, it, it, it definitely doesn't happen. And, and Brent Johnson with Redline, I mean, he built me the original Redline engine, and still to this day, that Redline is, is still out there, you know, crucifying people, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you got... Smith Metalworks with, with Chance and Casey and their whole family and you know all of them that was it's huge how they have just grabbed a hold of me and and just pushed just let me right into their family and made me feel like a major part of them you know and, and, and like you mentioned first sir he's if there is anything that I do know about building I've learned it from him right. you know, multiple conversations on the phone and, and the guys I said it in a in a social media post that I made today and you know it's so difficult because as I was typing out names so many more came into the picture and there was quite a few and honestly I, I just didn't even know their names right and uh, <laughs> they just decided to, to jump in because they felt like it was a worthy cause and all of them anybody that was underneath that tent I, I, I can't thank them enough because this one truly is owed to them you know there's times where you can do it on your own but this definitely was not one of those this was one of those it was a team effort it was a team effort from anybody that was in our section of the pits, whether it was a driver or a crew member or whatnot. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. So, you know, my hats off to all of them, and definitely the you know the the uh, dead man crew. I mean, that was. I don't care what people say about demolition derby or, or where it's going or what's what's happening. You know, those guys are pretty stand up guys. Uh, the, from the start to finish. I mean, it, is, it impresses me how organized that show is and how on point it always is. Inspection for me was pretty easy since I was since I screwed up so bad in the build process. Um, but you know, I, I also Jacob came up to me on the last day, you know, just to kind of discuss with me a few things that I imagine he felt that I was I was thinking or feeling, and for him to even notice some of the any of the small things that I would have been thinking about the way the tech went and for him to say that it will be corrected and he'll be moving forward with it. Uh, this place is going to be here for a long time. This derby is going to be around for a long time because the way TJ and, and his wife and Jacob and the rest of the crew, they're on it. They knew they made a few mistakes and they knew that it could possibly change the outcome of the derby. And it wasn't the mistakes that were in inspection. It was just little things that were not worded in the rules and sure. they're just going to continue to clean that stuff up, and they're going to make some big time, big time adjustments, but not big changes. So uh, I look forward to the future of that derby. It's going to be big, and I think it's going to really allow the the drivers that that like me that that maybe not have had a chance to win a big money derby. It's going to allow more drivers like me to come into this program and really flourish and do well and and see some success. Well. History won't forget it. 
You got that one in the record book, and and what a way to go out, man. Congratulations on it. I appreciate you coming on. We're over on time a little bit. Um, I appreciate you sticking around longer than – sort of longer than we'd planned. But, uh, again, congratulations on all of it, man. It was was awesome to hear. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and uh, have a a good night. (laughs) What 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 an awesome weekend. Get, can't change that, that's for sure. Stay in touch, man. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, will do. Thank you. See ya. Thanks. Bye. There goes Bo Lockwood. Won the main event over there at Buried Alive. And uh, some other names popping into uh, to mine. Uh, Brett Rallier, Scott Kiefer was talking about Brett. Justin Gilmartin made the toe down. Uh, Tommy Dowd and, and Mike Ernst brought cars down. Uh, Justin Riley and Cody Riley made the trip down the earlys. Matt Gaskin was down there as well. Uh, just I can't stop coming. Devin, Devin and Christy went down. Um, I don't know if Ron McClung made it or not, but there was there was some pictures of uh, uh, that, that Ron was gearing up to go do something. I'm not sure where it was that he went, but just so much so much good happening this weekend over there at uh, uh, with, with Dead Man Derby and T.J. McCulloch and. Super happy that those guys were able to find some success and, and certainly some local drivers pulling some hardware down and able to uh, hang their hat on that. Yep, yeah, Joey Mitchell, Ron. Ron did run. Joey Mitchell checking in as well. <laughs> Bobby Edwards says, Bobby Edwards is Bo Lockwood for president. <laughs> it's funny. All right. Well, I think that is going to cover it for tonight. Uh, 375 in the books. We sure do appreciate everybody tuning in and hanging out with us for a little while here tonight. We're going to uh, wrap this one at uh, a smooth hour and 16 minutes, and we will be back again next week with uh, Full Steam Ahead with Blizzard Bash. We'll try and catch up with Tim. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, team breakdowns, who's going to be in what, try and catch up with a whole bunch of drivers as they get ready to go, and uh, and we'll look forward to that. We appreciate it. Once again, thanks so much. 375, that's going to do it for us here. We'll see you again next time on Crash Course. The Crash Course Live is presented by Smash It Demolition Derby, who hosts Bash for Cash, Blizzard Bash, and Capital City Carnage. Online at smashitderby.com. And Stirring Dirt Racing, host of May Mania's team show at the Golden Spike Arena in Ogden, Utah. Online at stirringdirtracing.com. Reckless Abandoned Derby Apparel, and Derby Inc. Magazine. This is the Crash Course Demolition Derby Podcast, recorded live at the FigureLinks1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York.